Welcome to Brothers King Talk, where we view eternity through the lens of art. My name is Samuel. And I'm Solly. And um, we are back again. I always feel like I need something else to say. I'll keep improvising this until eventually. Uh, maybe is our trademark that I just ramble for like 30 seconds after the introduction? Is that our thing now? Because I never know what else to say. Um, our trademark is just like rambling? I, I mean, <laughs> I mean... I don't know how much intelligence could come out of either one of us, so I guess, you know? <laughs> All right. So, um, billboards. We went ahead and looked at the billboards, and uh, what do we see, Solomon? Uh, I mean, what, like, you know, it's like it's like we're stuck in the same... A Groundhog same... Day? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything... It's like we've been stuck there for a year with Lauren Daigle in charge, man. She's just in charge, and... You know, good for her. You know, good I mean, for her. Girl power. Girl, mm-hmm. and but that's that sounds like a political issue. But anyway, you know, I mean, outside it, politics, for though, us, I'm all for for us just to have new content, we'd have to stumble all the way down to number five on the billboards. So, what are we doing today? We're gonna we're gonna switch things up a little bit. Uh, yeah, so, okay, since we'd have to go all the way down to number five, and I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of what people are actually hearing on the radio, um, we're going instead going to go back to the earliest billboards we can find. Christian billboards circa 2003. 2003. Yes. Um, that's as early as the billboards will go back, for whatever reason. Um, in 2003, the summer of 2003, July 20th, um, number one was Third Day. You are so good to me. Um, which, ironically, not ironically necessary, but la- just last summer, Third Day finally retired. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, it is kind of interesting. That, you know, um, 16 years well, sixteen years, years later. Now, but. Yeah, 15 years after. I mean, they were number one for most of their career. Right. At they, various they, points. I mean, they, they, had, they had number one hits most of their career. I mean, they weren't... I mean, obviously, in Christian billboards, they weren't, you know, number one for... A while, I mean, I I didn't see them on the billboards for a while. So, but um, that yeah. was last year, and we did just start this podcast. Yeah, we I mean we haven't they retired last year, so we're not going to see anything. We, we started it after they retired, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Um, we yeah we didn't we started when we first started this podcast. We were just talking about David Crowder Band, pretty much. And then yeah. um, and then yeah. when we started this new format, it wasn't until earlier this year after Lauren, the reign of Daigle had full had. Um, fully you know, taken and, hold yeah, of, 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 of the America. Of, of the America. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and talk about this song, You Are So Good to Me. Um, I know. How, how, do you, uh, how do you feel about this song, You Are So Good to Me? It's, um, oh, how do you feel about it? It's, I find it interesting that it's a worship song at number one. And, um, you know, 16 years later, we're still doing number one worship songs. Um, I do find that interesting that in the 90s it was like pop music under the Christian charts that were that were being played on the radio, you know? Right. You had songs like um, In the Light by DC Talk or Lord of the Dance by Stephen Curtis Chapman or um, I don't know, what's a what's a, one of the Smitty songs that was big, uh, Missing Person. Missing right? Person? Yeah. Um, probably one you've never heard, but... I, I haven't never heard. I, I'm thinking, when you say that, I'm thinking Place in This World. Okay, place but, in this world. That's still a very pop yeah. song. I mean, that um, it is. My, 
You know that whole music video reminds me of like the whole um the whole uh what what is her name? One direction, you are beautiful or uh what, what makes, makes you beautiful. beautiful. Like the whole <laughs> the music videos are like so much alike. They're at the beach playing a piano and crap and I'm like, oh this What is what we didn't tell you is that <laughs> One Direction was highly influenced by Michael W. Smith. Smith. That, that's what we didn't the what they don't want you to know. <laughs> is One Direction you know secretly what? a Christian band? That would be funny to do <laughs> as a podcast. Is just like you know, like create just funny things like that. You know, it's, I don't know. That'd be funny, uh, man. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, what I think about it is like um, I don't know. Just it's how how the criteria has changed. What what kind of what what yeah, I mean, yeah, what criteria music needs to meet for it to be considered worship. It's like, you know, third day's out here, they're singing, you know, something like, you know, uh, you are so good to me, you know, you heal my broken heart, you know, you are my father in heaven, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, they're happy about it. They're happy. And they, they love Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and they love what they're doing. And now, 16 years later... We've got antidepressants, you know, singing worship music. And it's like, I'm sorry, not the, not that the, the people are on any kind of, you know, antidepressants, but it just like seems like everyone is so depressed and then that's what's motivating their worship, which, yeah, you know... You need to be wor- you need to be motivated to worship when you're in depression. You need me you need to be motivated to worship when you know you're hurting. But like, you know, you are so good to me this song. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, we're worshiping and we're happy because God loves us, not so much that oh, we're happy and we have to worship him, you know? It, I mean, it is a worship song, but yeah. like but like there you know, the whole thing about this song is like He's like, he's talking about, you know, even though my heart's broken, even though, you know, I feel displaced right now, you know, you're still good to me and, you know, I still want to worship you because you're good to me. Just because my situation's changed shouldn't predicate the worship I give you because you never change, you know? And so I feel like, you know, worship music needs to be a little less depressing. It needs to be like, you know... What also what I think is funny is how like how this song actually focuses or focuses on real life it, it's not it's not a very vague struggle like it, it there's no vague struggle in it and you know he talks about real things he's like you know you know life stinks sometimes but you know get over it because God's still good but then we've got all these new songs that are so like vague struggles it's like you know, you know, there's a raging sea trying to pull me to my knees. It's like, you know, like what, what's the real struggle there? And then like, you know, there's, you're not explaining what the real struggle is and you feel like, you know, we feel like you're so depressed over this vague struggle. It's like, get over it. It's like, what really happened? What it felt, you know, sometimes I I like to, um, illustrate what the song is about, you know? And, you know, when when I hear 
funny, or not funny songs, but worship music that's so vague. I make up a story about it. Because, you know, I'll have Chris sometimes with me, and he'll ask me, he's like, oh, so what is this song about? And I'll be like, oh, you know, the guy wrecked his brand new Porsche, and it was just, it was terrible, man. And, and life happened, and things just got in the way, and his heart just broke, and he just really needed Jesus. And, you know, I just make up illustrative stuff like that, and obviously Chris believes me. And he's like, wow, man, that's deep. And <laughs> I'm like over here, like, at least I'm getting a little fun out of it. But, like, I don't know. I think that there really needs to be some kind of change in in the criteria that needs to be met for it to be put on the radio. Yes and no. Um, so what I find interesting about this is how closely it follows pop music. Um, it, di- it didn't really occur to me until I listened to both like to listen to this song and like placed it and you know where it falls and pop history think about the kind of music that's been big the past few years um you have stuff like adele is really big right you have um, stuff like edm um edm music that's kind of like um very slow and kind of depressing sounding right um in the pop world i can't think of their names at the moment i know like Maybe Drake is one of them. Ugh. Um, oh God, Drake! But now let's let's rewind. Well, I mean, you know, you did. But quit me. So let's rewind back to two thousand three. What was big in two thousand three? In two thousand three, or the years leading up to it, you had Smash Mouth. You had Blink One Eighty Two. You had all these really happy peppy bands. Right. Right. So I find it interesting that. Intentional or not, the music kind of mirrors the pop landscape of that era. Right now, the pop landscape, um, right now, the number one song in America, you know, is Old Town Road. And love it or hate it, whatever, it's not exactly like a, uh, it's kind of a slower downbeat song, right? Um, And it's kind of been that way for a lot of number one hits for the past several years. Whereas you look at the, and that's kind of where our worship music is, right? That's where it's kind of slower downbeat. Um, but go back to the early 2000s, and music was happier, upbeat. And that's kind of what the song follows. Yes, I... So I say all that to say it's interesting to note um, how much the, the two genres reflect each other. Right, and, and I, you know. That I... might be a case of follow the leader. I don't right. know. Right, I mean, but then again, you know, on the same token. It, it, it and this is a li- this isn't really off subject, but I mean it's it's kind of like a branch off, and we could take this to a whole new level, and let's not. But just to make just to put this little leaflet out here, you know, I think it's funny how much modern day religion is like stay away from pop music, stay away from pop culture, stay away from you know the worldly things and you know what cracks me up is that if you listen to it you know and and like you said how big Adele is you know Adele's huge but top on Christian billboards Lauren Daigle who sounds exactly like her well, not exactly but, but she like, does bear a lot similar she's got the very same like little thing going for yeah. her and even in her, you know, in her interview, she'll say, oh, I'm influenced by people like Adele. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's funny is that, 
you know, the the modern, you know, uh, religious leaders of Christianity. I'm trying to be nice and, you know, discreet. You know, not not use any names, not use any specifics. But, but like the modern Christian leaders are like, we cannot be influenced by the world. But the people that influence us are influenced by the world. And I don't think that necessarily... Um, I don't... You know, I was talking to a friend yesterday. And he said... He said, if we're going to write off certain music because it doesn't sound like worship music, we might as well write off half the worship music on the radio today. And that... I mean, that was without me saying anything about how I felt. I was just, you know, hanging out at the church, practicing piano for some people I've got to play for, and um, and he walked in and he was getting his drum set and all his stuff ready for our, you know, our district uh, youth camp this week, and he's like, you know, man, you know, this is how I feel about music today, because you know I just kind of sit in there and and it, it just it it kind of it it didn't throw me off. But it did, like, kind of, like, show me that, like, we're not wrong. We're not completely out of our minds to feel the way we feel about modern music. Because, you know, even people who we haven't talked to about this stuff is like, hey, look, you know, the struggle, if the struggle is so vague that it it doesn't really, if there's nothing that really reflects that this is a Christian song, you might as well write it off just as much as a as a kiss song you know just as much as anything else he said but if we're limited to stuff that is christian he's like then why aren't we listening to living on a prayer you know why aren't we listening don't stop believing i'm like i'm sitting here thinking i'm like this guy is literally in my head right now like what is like going on and and like i mean it just blew my mind but but you know just you got to realize that music is not necessarily about who is writing it as much as it is what are they writing what are they what are they trying to get to their listeners what what are they trying to speak through their lyrics you know just because they're not in a, in a quote unquote christian genre does not mean that they do not have christian values so i mean sometimes you find bigger and better Values in in a song that is not a Christian band than you do in a song that is a Christian band. So, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that there. Like I said, kind of a leaflet, and maybe I, we'll talk about it some other day. But and we kind of had that conversation the other day. Um, really, all art is reflective of other art. Um, I don't care how much you want to say you're not influenced. Um, if you want to trace, let's just say for the sake of conversation strictly apostolic music Um, if you feel like tracing that um, the first recordings of strictly apostolic music would be traced back to the 50s maybe the 40s and most of those people were influenced by a lot of uh, southern music um, and if you listen if you listen to those (laughs) well not no Buddy Holly was way too um, way too crazy for them but they were experienced they were influenced by their granddad sitting out on the porch playing his banjo yeah, you know they were influenced true. by i don't know if you could say that about buddy holly's a good southern boy god <laughs> forgive him <laughs> um 
But my point is, everything is always influenced by something else. Um, rock music itself was influenced by black hymnals, slave right. songs, which slave songs were <laughs> some of the original hymns that we sing. Exactly. It's um, like funny. It's it's it is funny how <laughs> how we just write off certain genre because they because it doesn't necessarily speak our language, you know? And and that's sad because if you think about it, you know, the first songs we hear in history, the first songs written in history were worship songs. You know? The first song recorded in the Bible was Miriam. Mm. And, you know, she was singing, you know, you know, God hath brought us out of slavery and, you know, thank God for his mercy. And, you know, and it was joyful is the thing. And if the you know, they weren't even out of Egypt yet and she was singing. And that's the thing with today is now it's like we're in a situation and struggle, but we're going to make sure, even though we're worshiping, that people know how depressed we are. You know, it's like, no, we don't have the right spirit about it. And I, I mean, like you said, maybe it is about what is what is popular today, you know? I think, uh, I, I think if not the songwriters themselves... Definitely, like, the producers behind it. Because, I mean, um, say what you will about the Christian market. It is, and a lot of people may hate me for this thought, but it's essentially a subgenre of country music. And what I mean by that is if you trace contemporary Christian music, what you hear on the radio back, um, all the producers, all the people who make the record labels, they're all from Nashville, Tennessee. Right. The exactly. home of country music. The home of country music. And um, a lot of them, they mingle in the same circles. So, and a lot of the business stuff that happens in the Christian music realm is um, stuff that, you know, kind of reflects what happened in a country music previously because, you know, those guys know how to make money. That's their ultimate goal. Exactly. So the reason why I bring this up is I think even if the songwriters themselves aren't aiming for it, maybe the people influencing the songwriters, the producers, the uh, you know the out people dictating what they put on their albums, etc. Sure. Going back to 2003, going back to Third Day. Um, so I find it interesting that this song is so peppy, so happy, and it's honestly, um, I like the song. I really like the song. I like Third Day, but the song's super overproduced. Right. And... Um, the reason why I think the uh, producer probably had a lot to do with it is this song's actually a cover. Um, the uh, You Are So Good to Me was originally written by Don Chaffer of a little underground band called Waterdeep. If you haven't listened to them, go out, just YouTube them. They're one of those bands that um, have always just managed to fly right under the radar, even though they're highly respected and considered very good. Um, they're a Christian folk rock band that have been around since the mid-90s. And um, the lead singer of this band originally wrote You Are So Good to Me for his band, Waterdeep. And if you listen to his version, it actually is uh, much more of a folk song. It's uh, just him on his guitar, on his acoustic guitar, you know, singing You Are So Good to Me, You Are My um, Jesus Who Loves Me. And I find it interesting that ultimately... The, the third day version sounds more like a reflection of the popular music in 2003. Right. Um, whereas the original Waterdeep version, if you hear it, sounds like, sounds like just a, 
Well, not in the nineties. No, it just sounds like a guy. It sounds kind of timeless. Honestly, yeah, it does. It just it kind of sounds like you like just you, you could pick just... it from any. It sounds like a Bob Dylan song, honestly. I mean, um, you could. I you mean, could like you, pick it from any decade. You, if though. if he went back in time and just was sitting on his porch, you wouldn't yeah. even be able to tell. Oh, that's from the future. Yeah, just, you, know? you know, you know. Or if you went into time, you know, you couldn't be like, oh, that's from the past. You know, there's really no. It is. It's a timeless. It's a timeless. The, song. the original version is now the third day version. I love Mac Powell's voice, um, but the rest of it is just so overproduced that it dates itself instantly. You hear it and you go, oh, this producer heard that Sonic Floods album that sold 500,000 copies. Right. <laughs> that, that's what he's trying to do, you know? Exactly. You know, um, you know this, this producer heard that Smash Mouth album that sold, you know, a million copies. Exactly. <laughs> like, sorry, yawning. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then they're like, you know. Let's, let's, See, let's that's, pit, that's some of that where, magic into you know, the... And I, was, and I was telling my friend, the same, you know, the same one you know, yesterday that's telling me you know, what I've already known, but he's just kind of, you know. And I told him, I'm like, you know, the, you know we, we do discredit modern music, you know, as much as it hurts our feelings that they're changing up so much, or, you know, the lack thereof, you know, of changing up, um, that... You know, these people who are full-time singer, songwriter, musician, blah, 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 they have to do what sells. They're like anything else. Like, you know, McDonald's puts their automatic, you know, pop whatever machines in. Burger King does it too. Now Wendy's has one. Now Hardee's has one. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what sells? These new order-it-by-phone apps, you know? These new kiosks when you walk into the restaurant you have i mean you do have it's marketing it's all about the marketing and like we do discredit but i don't think i don't believe that you should have to compromise to be who you are you know you know um like switchfoot uh they've you know they they started out when you well when you listen to them in the very beginning it's it's kind of like oh you know this is kind of pop you know, Kim Nine, uh, right? And that's the yeah. song. You know, it's kind of pop. It's, I mean, it's got those undertones of rock and roll. But they didn't really get into the full, you know, grunge rock and roll. Not grunge, but like. Well, they did. I mean, and by, yeah, the time they I got mean to the, by the time they got to Men to Live, they was fully in right, post grunge. Like, it's like, genre. Po- yeah, exactly. Post grunge. And that's what but was see, popular in 2003. But see, this is the thing. Is. They had to wait until they got another guitar player to be able to, you know? Okay. So, I mean, that didn't have anything to do with that. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what was you like, was going for. I'm missing your point here, I buddy. I didn't know what I was going for. See, I'm saying that their genre didn't change up until, you know, the ability to change up came, you know? And, I mean, I don't think they've really changed much. They still, you know, yeah, they got a little more rocky in their mid-years, or I guess it was more of their... I don't. I'm not sure. It was their midish years, you know, and you know now they're they're a little bit less rocky, but they still got that rock overtone, you know. But it's like even Switchfoot, you could argue they've changed with the times. They've they did their kind of post grunge thing while that was extremely popular, while Foo Fighters and Nickelback was extremely popular, and then um, now that we've gotten more into the synthesizer pop music, they've been doing a lot more of that in recent years. Right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, so Timothy. You know? they, they've changed with the times. Um, so you know, I don't know. It's when we were at that concert, you know, a couple years ago, and he did the, um, you know, the um, bass line. I forget which song it is that everyone loves. Um, this is, I think, meant to live. Is it? Is the one with the bass line everyone likes? I don't know. Anyhow, uh, the one anyway, I think of is "This Is Your Life," but they didn't play that that night. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I don't know, but like anyway, he did one of the major bass lines on the synth. And I'm pretty sure I heard I don't know if it was something you said or somebody yelled out in the crowd, we liked it better on bass, you know, but I know I heard someone say something about come on man, you know, we liked it better on bass, why you gotta go and change it on us. You know, it, the people don't like change, and, and the band's got to realize that, you know? Well, see, okay, now you're making two separate arguments, though. You're making one um, that, you know, we haven't changed enough, and then you're making a second argument that we changed too much. Well, no, 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 no. No, I haven't. This is the thing, is you've got new people coming in selling themselves, and because they're new and they're selling... The people who have been what they've always been are like, wait, oh, wait, this is selling, so we have to change and do this. I'm saying, yes, it is market, but you got to realize that not everything is just because you haven't changed. Some people are just not the same as you, <laughs> and you've got to, you've got, <laughs> like, really right now, we don't have much of a rock and roll market. It's just not, it's not on the market no more. And it could be argued, um... This is kind of going off the rails a little bit, but whatever. I mean, it could be argued that really what um, we complain about, what a lot of people complain about, and this isn't just music. This is complaining that Nickelodeon doesn't have as good shows as they used to. Exactly. I mean, No, no, no. Stick with me. This is complaining that um, the football team lost all their best players. T- take your poison. What we're really complaining about isn't that... Um, things have changed. We're complaining... Well, we are complaining that things have changed. But it's also coming to a realization that you are no longer the target market for these people. Um, For whoever is producing whatever it is you like. You are no longer the target market. They have moved to a different demographic that likes different things than what you like. And now you're feeling nostalgic about being what they were targeting. Um, right. It's a whole entire it's phenomenon. Like, I mean, yeah, right. Um, and I think as far as music, rather it be Third Day, rather it be Lauren Daigle, whatever, um, I I could care less what genre you do. I could care less um, if I'm the target market anymore. What I do ask, and this is so vague, it's hard to ask, just be you. Um, <laughs> don't do stuff just because other people are doing it. Don't do stuff just because a producer says this is what's selling. You know, that's um, kind of it's kind of an ironic statement you make seeing that number one on the Christian billboards is Lauren Day- Daigle's song, You Say I Am. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's kind of funny. You know? But, um, I just... I, uh, I think with the internet age we live in, it shouldn't be a thing where everything is homogenized anymore. Um, everything shouldn't be the exact same. We live in a the 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 internet 
has broken the market wide open. The top ten on the radio, and I'm honestly, I feel like the top ten should include streams. You know, what's getting streamed right now, honestly. Right. Um, The top ten, I feel like, should include um, ten different genres. You know, why is it in our top ten, even 2003, I get it. Um, Record labels were still in charge of everything. You had, you know, ten people running all the world to get all the money, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But with the internet age, how come in the top ten we're not seeing, you know, worship music, a pop song, and then a a rap and a metal song? How come we're not seeing more, you know, an indie rock song? How come we're not seeing things, a variety? How come everything is the same? I just feel like, honestly, it's what, you know... Is it just that's the market? Well, I don't know if it's that or (laughs) if it's honestly just... That, um, you know, people have now put a enigma, not enigma, what is it called? A limit, uh, no, a like, um, have get, they've given worship music a persona, right? Of, of, um, you know, that, that says worship music needs to sound a certain way. And I don't think that rock is the way it needs to sound, and I don't think that rap is the way it needs to sound, you know? Like, in F. Yeah. He's huge. Mm-hmm. But he's Christian. His, he, he makes Christian music, but he's huge. But he, he's not on a Christian label. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, like, why are you not on a Christian label? You know, it's just rap, Christian rap isn't selling. People don't buy... Christian rap because they don't think Christian rap is an actual genre. You know, it's just what it is. But on the other hand, it's like you know, David Crowder band. They were rock, man. They had some some they said they had some rock stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they were considered like not real not I don't I mean it's kind of like a um a double negative to say uh, gods of worship music, you know, no, because I mean, you know, well, you know what you, I'm saying. Were... They're like worship legends. Okay, right? I mean, and that's sadly not even everyone. That's just people who are really into music. that are like, man, these guys were. They were like in a, you could say, the patriarch of right, good the, worship the, bands. Yeah, the patriarch of good worship bands. Um, and I mean, I think that that's the thing, though, is like that it's gotten so off. I feel like honestly, after. Like the David Crowder band broke up after, uh, I mean, there there were several you know worship groups that just like disband, and I feel like after that everything went downhill. I feel like everything was like, oh, we are going this this, this is a one veined, you know, lane, and this is just this is the way it has to go now, because there's been so much change. You know, we can't have people coming in here and thinking that, oh, we can do this because that's what David Crowder Band did. Because what if they're not as good and what if people start to, you know, not listen to K-Love or not listen to Air One? What if what if they help make us lose views? So now we have to figure out what we can do to make worship music, make, you know, give worship music a designated genre. And that's just kind of how I feel it is. I don't... 
it's not even honestly pop anymore. It's now just getting into this like whole like R and B thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like I mean that's what pop music is. Yeah, I mean it's like you know it's a different kind of pop. It's like not instrument pop. It's like electronics instead of I instruments. Think, you know? I think um, I think worship music shouldn't be any genre. It should be whatever that artist whatever genre that artist uses to praise God. Um, but you're right. We have confined it to a genre um, because and this is kind of sad, but think about the people that listen to worship music nowadays. It's, you know, um, 30, 40 year old soccer moms. Um, <laughs> like, in all honesty, and what right, are they going I mean, to like? They're right. going to like that comfortable stuff, right? It's um, the main people that listen to worship music, the main people that are keeping Caleb alive are either the soccer moms or their seven-year-old, you know, son slash daughter. And um, the kind of things they want to hear is that, you know. Right. um, That that one genre. See, and then this is another thing is, like, I feel like... I don't feel like Switchfoot was ever really straight, like... You know, did they they didn't really ever do straight, oh, this is definitely a worship song or this is definitely a Christian song. It was just never like that. Mm-hmm. But Caleb picked some of their songs and was like, oh, this is a Christian song. We're going to use this, right? But then as they keep going and even Need to Breathe, we've got Need to Breathe in here. Um, and we've just, you know, you've got bands like that who, yes, at one point were what you heard on the radio. They were the big, you know... That was the music to listen to. That was Christian music. But now it's like, no, we've written them off because they're not worship. It's not, you know, not every other line says God. Not every, you know, they, they use more than three chords. We can't do this, you know. And I just feel like that the, the you know, I don't, I don't feel like it's so much the, the, the bands as much as it is the people who are trying to run the Christian music, you know, industry that are saying we need to make this specific. What is our genre? You know? And it's, um, yeah. And that's how we feel about third days. You are so good to me. (laughs) (laughs) 34 minutes of ranting, you know. Um, yeah. I man, mean, we got to stop doing this. This maybe this is why like, no one listens to us. <laughs> People are like, "God, this is stupid." <laughs> they listen to the first ten minutes like this again. <laughs> um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, speaking of people that run things, um, and you'll see how this all kind of fits into the narrative here in a minute. How um, whatever happened to Gunger? I mean, Gunger was one of those worship out groups that was. Well, I mean, are we? Do we really want? Do we really want to get into? I mean, I could, I could totally say what's what what happened to him. Well, I okay, I'll, I'll give you my version of the narrative, and let's see if it, if we line up here, okay? Okay. So Gunger, um, for those that don't know, was this really great worship band. Um, started as the Michael Gunger band, and Michael Gunger himself had written worship music for years. He wrote songs like Say So. He wrote songs like um, Filled With Glory. You know, worship staples in the early 2000s. Right. Um, And then, you know, he formed his own band, and they did, you know, even more worship music. And it was darn good worship music. And they kind of hit a pinnacle um, 
when they released this little album, I think it was, it would have been around 2010 or so, called Beautiful Things. It was a beautiful album. Right. It was, like, sincerely one of the it was best. a good album. It yeah. was right up there with, like, anything David Crowder Band put out. It was, you know, that good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they did, they toured, too. They Yeah, they toured with they David toured Crowder with Band during David their last Crowder tour. Band, yeah. Um, it was a great album, though. I really loved it. And and then what kind of happened, they released another album, which I think is their best album, and honestly one of the best albums to ever come out of the Christian music, um, called Ghosts Upon the Earth. Um, it's just it's a fascinating album. It is the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band mm-hmm. of worship albums. It is that good. Right. Um, but right around the time they released this album... Um, Michael Gunger, the lead singer, because the band was essentially him and his wife right. with whoever else they had with and, them. And what you're about to say is kind of went a little bit south on the, you know, the whole creation. It wasn't just the creation thing. Well, I mean, so, right. I mean, he. So he announced, he, well, m- less announcements, more posted on Twitter. But he essentially said, you know, I don't believe the creation account, I believe in evolution, um, and I'm doubting some other stuff about my faith, right? Mm hmm. And then, um, oh my goodness, the people in charge of Christian music absolutely trashed this band. Like, they had three events canceled um, that year because everyone was afraid of this band now because, oh my goodness, he said he believed in evolution. And don't get me wrong, I do not believe in I mean, evolution. I'm a, I'm a pure creationist. I, 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 I just straight up think <laughs> that if the Bible says something, that's what happened. I don't care if people say, oh, one day is as a thousand years to God. It did not take 7,000 years to create Earth, you know? But, I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, people can have their doubts. Um, shoot, I believe in the Big Bang. Because, I mean, what other, like, what other response does the universe have to an almighty power saying, let there be light out of darkness, you know? You know, something has to happen, yeah, you know? Yeah, and I get that, and... So, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm a pure creationist. I disagree with Michael Gunger in this. Right. And I, but I, mean, I find it interesting that all he did was voice an opinion that other people did not, dis- did not agree with. Right. And a lot of people will agree. Like, I just heard it, you know, a teacher say it the other day. The Bible isn't necessarily, the book of Genesis isn't necessarily the, the story of the earth. Right. It's the story of God and his people. Right. Because, you know, it only... The Bible only talks about creation. Sixty for all verses of, of creation, yeah. and then like there's five, what he said, five hundred verses about relationship One, with yeah, God. Yeah. You know? So, I find it interesting that people that uh, the market just freaked out on this band, who I thought was producing some of the best music ever, right. to come out of the worship genre and forever. And the music itself was very doctrinally sound. You right. know, the the first song on the Ghost Upon the Earth was actually called Let There Be Light. And it was all about that first breath of creation. Right. Um, the difference was he looked at it as more poetic as opposed to fact. Right. I mean, and then also, okay, I mean, like, let's just, let's say, let's just for the fun of it, say, what if God did create, you know, something different? What if it did all start out with one little cell? I mean, technically, didn't it? Like, technically... There was only one, like, one mass in the universe that consisted of nothing, you know? And then God just 
spoke one thing into existence. It started with one thing, and I mean, it's all going to end with one thing, you know? <laughs> but I find it interesting that because he voiced his opinion about something that... I don't even think it was a matter of everyone didn't agree with him. Right. It was just unpopular opinion. And because he voiced an unpopular opinion, they just got, like, black... Um, what's wrong for? Um, black Blacklisted? Mark, blacklisted from yeah. the Christian market for a minute. Yeah. And um, I just find that kind of sad that this happened. I mean, honestly, when... like, if you if you honestly think about it, he believed in God, right? Yeah. So, like... If you believe in evolution, like it's not, ne- I don't. I okay, think you're I'm gonna, wrong. I'm gonna be. But... I'm gonna be kind of. I mean, this is gonna sound a little bit like, oh, you know, what's he saying? But here it is. It's like, I don't think believing that the creation account is somewhat metaphorical. I don't think that that's a heaven or hell issue. I. I mean, shoot. I don't think. Honestly, I mean. God, you know, didn't create Earth. Like, I mean, it, he didn't care as much about Earth as he did about people, you know, yeah. as much as he did about having or community with people mm-hmm. and something that, you know, isn't forced, something that has choice. And that's the whole point of Genesis. It's about God giving man or creating man because he wanted choice. And, you know, he, he didn't want, you know, the angels who were created to worship him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um... Now, on the same token, let's just flip it, you know, is what if evolution did exist, but God's the one who made it evolve? God's the one who's, like, sitting there like, oh, this is a minnow. I'm going to make it a frog. That's an idea. I mean, what if he's just sitting there experimenting? I mean, I think God had fun sometimes. I mean, I, I just like to imagine that, like, when God created grass, he was like, there's grass and it's blue. Uh. I do not like that. It looks weird. Reminds me of something that some guy with a weird name like Seuss would write in like 500,000 years or whatever. You know? And I just like to think that God has a humor. You know? Like maybe he did like... What if the earth before he created man, what if it was all different colors? Like what if... What if when we look at earth, it's not even what it really is? You know? So I mean like this isn't an issue... A matter of belief in God. This is a simple, I'm just not sure, you know? Mm-hmm. And nobody is. Who is? Like No one was there. Right. No one was there. So no one can really honestly say, yes, God created the sun and the moon on the first day. I mean, he did. But, like, how, you know? Yeah. Um, so I find it interesting that this really talented band um, gets essentially blacklisted from Christian music. So, almost in response, because he also posted on Twitter um, how uh, he was kind of struggling with his faith, yada yada. He wasn't sure that he believed everything he believed. And so their next album was a much more poetic album. Um, It was called I Am Mountain. And it still had, like, rings of spirituality, but it also could have been mistaken. I can definitely see how it would have been mistaken for uh, kind of new agey stuff um, because of the poetic language he used. And um, those that were even remotely still on board for this band then said, oh no, he's gone off the deep end. Abandon this group. You know, all who see. um, Ignore, ignore. So, what I can't help imagining 
So that's what happened to Gunger. Um, and as of now, they're breaking up as a unit. The Gunger unit is officially retiring this year. Um, because um, the, the big thing was they actually enjoyed doing the more poetic music that wasn't strictly worship. Right. But they got so much flack for it that um, they said, you know, the Gunger label now has too many things attached to it. We tried, it started as a worship project. We tried to make it more of a personal project about our lives. And that didn't work. And now it's just, it's too much. We're just putting it into bed and letting it rest. Um, but what I can't help wondering, in an alternate universe, let's say that um, they, uh, they weren't blacklisted for his opinions. People just politely said, you know what? I don't agree. Moving on. And Ghosts Upon the Earth, um, the album he released right around this time, which was still a very biblically sound album, like no questions, honestly. Some of those songs got radio airplay. Maybe even like, you know, hit some of the top 100 spots. Do you think he may have been more encouraged to stay in the Christian market, been more encouraged to not branch out and try different things? Um, do you think he would have made more worship music, essentially? I mean... I mean, I can't say I don't know the guy. I don't know his story, I mean, his history. Exactly, right. like... But I, just, I, I find know, it I interesting just, to think about. If I think if I was in his position, if I was questioning... You know, because, like, you know, obviously worship music is directed... Um, or is derivative, uh, derivative of beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you're in question of those beliefs, then you're probably also in question of... Um, of like trying to influence others with these beliefs, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, if I was in the position that uh, Michael Gunger was in, I'd been like, you know what? I don't believe in this. I don't think I need to be doing. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of on 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 the on the on one hand, and I mean, I can appreciate it because he's real. He's being real. Yeah. You know? Is if you don't believe in stealing, you don't steal. If you don't believe in, uh, you know, selling alcohol to a minor, you don't do it. So why would you sell something you don't believe in to someone that you don't, you're like, I don't think you need to believe in this. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying congratulations to him for being... You know, for having a, somewhat of a moral, you know? Yeah, for being and honest. For being about honest it. with himself and with others. But I would have found it interesting, and this is just me branching out saying what if, right? If he would have stayed in the worship genre and just done, and maybe I just want to see this happen, a deconstruction worship album. Right. And what I mean by that is a worship album about struggling with your faith. Sure, we get the vague struggles. We get, oh, I have a mountain in front of me, and that's me doubting. Right, but like, see, but I. But like, like an actual album of God, are you real? See, that I. That would be a I fascinating mean, like, album. See, that's the thing, though, is like, <laughs> I feel so much like everyone who writes albums, you know, quote unquote, God, are you real, is like coming from some other person's perspective. Like, oh, they question God and. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, if he would write, you know, 
an actual album about this is how I feel, you know. I don't feel like I'm a Christian. Do do I believe Jesus Christ is God? You know, do I believe that God created heaven and earth? Or do I, you know, am I just, is it poetic or whatever? Like, if he wrote that, I feel like it'd be genuine. I feel like it would be like, I'm the next this album. is real worship. And I don't feel like it would be vague. I feel like he'd be super straight up front yeah. about it. And what he did instead is uh, the next album he made, really the next couple albums, were just more super poetic. And he, he took the route of rather than rather than uh, addressing anything specific, just writing kind of folk stories almost that were mingled excuse me mingled with poetry right um, which is its own genre and it was very good mm-hmm. but it would have been interesting so that's what happened to Gunger I don't I just wanted to take a detour tonight and talk about Gunger yeah. for a minute because I listened to Ghosts Upon the Earth this weekend and I was like darn this is a really good album how did I forget this existed <laughs> right and um, I mean <laughs> I didn't even know it existed but like I mean I've listened to his stuff I I mean, it comes up on my playlists on YouTube all the time, and it's a, you know, I mean, yes, it, it is sad that things came down the way they did. I, I feel like, honestly, as a Christian community, um, you know, yes, he was an influence, but I feel like, as a Christian community, we we all should have just supported him and been like, look, you know talk to me or you know ask me questions or you know if there's anything I can answer I can I'll try my best or you know and I'm sure there were and, people like that as well I'm sure but. there were but like I don't feel I feel like that you know the industry blasting him I don't feel like that was the right thing to do no it's like you know, the same thing happened <clears throat> repeatedly in the 90s but one particular case that comes to mind is like um uh Michael English right, right. he had an affair um, and oh my goodness, he just got blasted from the Christian community, and it, it shouldn't have been, you know, um, and as I, broadcasted I, as it was. Yeah, should it have been like you know, let's just gossip about this person. Um, yeah, that's it. What if I always go back to, um, and it's really easy when you talk about these stories. To be like, well, if you just forgive them too easy, then uh, have they really changed? For one, it's not our place to judge whether or not someone has changed. Um, you know, kind of like the Bible says, you know, he ate with um, sinners and publicans all the time. People were offended by it. Um, and then, you know, when it showed private conversations between Jesus and these publicans, usually he told them... You know, um, his very presence would convict them to change. They would do stuff like, you know, go and say, I'm changing my ways, I'm not going to hurt anyone else, I'm not going to sin anymore, etc. But ultimately, it came down to um, Jesus set and ate with all of them, and it was them who made the decision after Jesus asked them to change themselves. It wasn't the apostles all ganging up on them and being like, you should change, you should change. Right. And they changed out right. of pressure. Right. I it mean, was them coming to that decision themselves. And in the meantime, they still sat and ate with Jesus. Right. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I just think that it's gotten, it's just gotten out of hand. It just has. It's just like, you know, we call ourselves Christian, but are we really, you know? 
do we do we handle situations the way Jesus did? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, for the most part, what is seen? No, we do not. You know, I mean, maybe there are a few people out there that are like, yeah, you know, what would Jesus do? You know, and but it just seems like instead of, you know, instead of like the story you told, instead of telling that story, you know, what would Jesus do? People always focus on, oh, these sinners in the courts of, you know, the the temple selling things and Jesus goes and he's like, oh, I'm going to make a whip and I'm going to go flip tables. Like, I feel like people focus on, oh, we've got to flip tables when people are doing wrong, you know, but doesn't focus on the 99 other stories where Jesus is like, I, I forgive you, you know. Peter gave Peter three chances, you know, get, he gave every, he gave Judas a chance. It's just Judas didn't take the chance, you know? And I just feel like in a, in a body, in a unified uh, body, Christian, Christians, quote unquote, just aren't, aren't really acting Christ-like like they should. And I mean, it's sad and I hate to say it, but it's just, it's something that has to be said. It's something that has to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting and that really that's leading into a whole entire another genre of conversation but um yeah ultimately um ultimately maybe we should be more forgiving of people and not so scornful at the same time um, I think the 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 barrier a lot of people come into is how much can you trust someone who no longer believes what you believe? Um, and it's a, it's kind of a thing each person kind of has to answer for themselves. There's a, that's really all there is to it. It, it breaks down into its own bit. Right. Oh man, Solomon, we have, we've just been zigging and zagging everywhere tonight. And, um, I'm sorry if, uh, anyone is just, um, like, will you guys shut up and talk about music? Um, and not just how much you hate it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if we're going to talk about music we like, I mean, we're going to have to go off the beaten path. and That could get kind of nasty, you know? Um, so anyone that does listen, I would give you a challenge. To go to Facebook, find our page, and invite all your friends to like it, please. <laughs> well, other than that challenge. The other challenge I would give, find... <coughs> Bless you. Thanks. Um, find some music, uh, preferably pop music, that you feel like really inspires you. You feel like is good. Find a worship song that you're like, this song is good, and here's why it's good. And um, email it to us. Um, email us the title, the artist, etc. And, um, you know, maybe we're just looking in the wrong places. Maybe we're looking at the billboard charts isn't the place to find the current good music. I don't know. Maybe. I don't, um, uh... So I would be curious if, you know, people would um, email us and be like brotherskingmedia at gmail.com and that's brothers with an S, king, K-I-N-G media, M-E-D-I-A at gmail.com um, but if they would email us yeah, yeah. Um, we and be talk. like, but I would be, I would talk about whatever songs you email. But I'd be yeah. curious to see, are we just missing it? Is there just, is there actually? And I, 
Yeah, is there actually something else? Like, are, are we not looking in the right places? Is you there know, good worship music out there we're just missing that's currently new? Right. I mean, like, what is what is the the uh, the top list, like, the list that we're looking at? Is that just for K-Love, you know? Because, yes, K-Love is, like, all over the place. Every, every state has a K-Love. It's also but, the McDonald's of Christian music. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> you, I don't know, you just... There, there's other things that, like, what if we're not looking? What if we're, like, just, you know, traveling from state to state eating McDonald's instead of, you know, the local the variety, you know? Let's, let's go to the local mom and pop shop, you know what I'm saying? So maybe here's a new challenge for us, Solomon. Let's see if this, uh, we're, we're going to change the format yet again. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Maybe this might last. We might forget about it by next week. We'll see. Um. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's go state by state. And we got to find an artist, each state, that is worth talking about. Okay. An artist from each state? Uh, the the like artist. The top artist the, in that state. No, just the music originated in that state. Oh, boy. Um, I This is going to be hard when we get into the East Coast, you know, or... You know, what artists are from Vermont? Um, <laughs> is there any music being made in Alaska? Is anyone still living there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Russian folklore. <laughs> um, maybe that'll be our new challenge. We'll go state by state. Um, 50 episodes, Solomon. We haven't even made it to episode 9. We're already giving ourselves a 50 episode challenge. I thought there were 51 states. 50 states, Solomon. Oh, dear. I thought Canada. You did not. I'm joking. <laughs> I hope you did not. I'm I, seriously I, joking. Mm. <laughs> I know Canada isn't a, a state, eh? <laughs> oh, like they, have a, they talk a whole different language. Well, they do speak French in some areas of Canada. Alright, so there's our challenge. There's our last thoughts. Um, in the meantime, keep being the glimpse of eternity. We love you. Oh, man. It just gets funner and funner every week.